finished the box of delights. You did. I finally did. Um, and I know if you're jumping into this the first time, first of all, welcome and hello to Headspace Inverters. But if you've been listening, you'll know that we talked about this particular show, the box of delights, delights. the box of delights. Um, and uh, I, it's an old show from my past, a Christmas show, and I've never watched it, the end of it. Right, only it was like watched six the first, episodes. Yeah, only watched yep. the first couple. Got it. Or three, maybe and four. And then Christmas happened, and, and like all this shit. Got forgotten yep. about. Sure. I, fi- I finished it off. Okay. Um, I did it quickly actually. I went um the last three. I think I watched just bam, bang, bang. Okay. Binged, as the kids might say. Uh, and you know, it was like I said it would be. You know, it was yeah, fine. it's like okay, yeah, it happy you done it. Know, close it, the chapter, close the book. Will you watch it again next year? No, but I. <laughs> <laughs> That says it all. Yeah. End of review. Okay. No, but I did uh, I did download the theme song. So probably what I will do is I will just listen to the theme oh, okay. song. Yeah. And that will take me back to where I want to go in my brain. Sure. Um so yeah, that's what I did. But it was uh, it was good. It was fun. Overly dramatic. I mean, I could critique the shit out of it, but at the time it was groundbreaking for the BBC. So yeah, yeah it was fun. I'm glad I did it. I tied a bow on it and I and feel good about that's that. That's what you wanted to do. That's yeah, what you're I feel say good about that. about that. Um, speaking of Christmas real quick, we ought to say, so today um, we are, or this evening we're going to be presenting vacation. So if you listen to this, um, hello from the past. Um, but um, maybe you'll be here tonight and maybe we'll get to talk to you later um, and we can say that I talked about you. Um, it's some weird time change. But since we were going to be here at the theater anyways, we decided, hey, why don't we just set up shop here? Right. And instead of setting up shop in the theater, Adam brought us upstairs to his pop-up bar yeah. called Better Watch Out, um, which just opened um, for leading into Christmas and I think probably after Christmas. So top of the screen land so, on armor. Yeah, top of screen land armor um, is a Christmas pop-up um theme bar called better watch out and it's fucking cool it's fucking cool but um it's also we're right on the street level and it is a you know we're above a theater and there's businesses around so um we're gonna have uh some foley effects that we we don't expect yeah we don't really Um, get those usually yeah so you might hear some people in the background you might hear traffic you might hear whatever but um yeah so but it's really wild it's um it's called better watch out and uh, if you have the opportunity to come check it out, come have some some cocktails, some Christmas themed cocktails. Uh, this place is rad. Fridays and Saturday nights only. Friday and Saturday nights only. Um, I'm looking at one one wall right here. They've got the, this big naughty list and a bunch of pictures. And uh, from here, I can see Scrooge um, McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, Trump's on there. Um, Surprising. Bill Murray, Jack Nicholson. Taylor um, Swift's Taylor on there. Swift. Yep. Uh, Alan Rickman from uh, Thanos. From, uh, th- Sexy Thanos. Sexy Thanos. Uh, Alan, Voldemort. Alan Rickman from uh, Die Hard. Yep. Uh, what was his name in Die Hard? Hans, Hans Gruber. Gruber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a Christmas movie, right? Okay, fine. Let's open that. Uh, so- let's Kanye open that door's box again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Joe Pesci. Uh, do you say that? The Hamburglar. Um, yeah. Um, and then, I know on on our right was a custom neon that says "Hail Santa." Yeah. And then behind Hail me Santa. is a uh, Santa. Uh, Oh, there's a, a Grinch in the corner over there. Yeah, um, he plays uh, a, Chris's movies on repeat up here. Christmas it's cool, man. Repeat. Come there's check a, it out. There's a TV that plays like 90 minutes of 90s um, uh, toy commercials. Um, it's right. really rad. Yeah. So if you're and there's a Santa with a hatchet coming out of the chimney. Um, yeah. If you have the opportunity to come up here, if, I don't know when this is going to go out, but if you hear this and it hasn't happened, Christmas hasn't happened yet. And it won't have. It won't have. Uh, you'll hear this Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the th- Friday the 13th. Um, but yeah, come come check this out this week. Come check it out before Christmas because it is really cool. Uh, they put a lot of work in it, and it's just cozy and Christmassy. Um, so 
as we kind of started on TV a little bit and rolled into Christmas, I have been watching another show from my past. Um, and Red again, Dwarf. It's, no, but I... <laughs> I think we talked about that recently. Anyways. We could get to that at some point. Um, uh, no, it's an old science fiction show. Doctor so Who. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but yes, obviously, uh, know, still uh, intermittently yeah. watching sure, those. Pluto TV. God bless Pluto TV. Yep. Uh, but are we getting paid by them? There is a, oh fuck, we should be. They have you know they have a space in their programming because they don't have enough advertisers. Oh yeah, it's that kind of channel. I got it. So um, but um, uh, I would say there's a there's a heavy Doctor Who connection to this show. Oh, because it was created devised by Terry Nation, who wrote an awful lot of Doctor sure. Who, created the Daleks too. Yep. So um, uh, there is big Doctor Who, and it also was on the BBC. It's also science fiction, and it's also um, from my dark past. Like, this show came out. <laughs> This show came out in the in seventy eight. Whoa! And I can actually remember it um, being on TV at some point. Maybe not right at the beginning, but again, it back to my mother's influence. Sure. Um, and my my brothers and sisters who listen to this will be like, go walking down memory lane. Hey, Nikki, what's up? Hey, Mark. And uh, uh, sure, whatever. No, that's uh, good. And um, this will be uh, yeah something that my mother would watch because it was science fiction. And that's what she was a science fiction junkie. So okay, you said seventies. Uh, I'm completely lost. Like I can't even think of what eight, it is now to 81 only four seasons and that was it and weirdly enough the, the titular uh, character the, the the character this show is named after was actually gone after season two he disappeared oh. and I think it was something to do with contextual dispute it wasn't necessarily in the show okay. but they just kind of came back and were like well fuck we're going to go on without him and they went on without him right. but then yeah. he did come back for the very end for the last episode the last episode got a little bit weird not like prisoner weird like we didn't know what the fuck was going on but definitely weird and open-ended too. Incredibly frustrating when you're like, whatever age I was, sure. nine. Because it just didn't it didn't close the loop, you know? Okay. Um, well, okay, first question is, before you tell us, this is something that we could watch now like these. It's on YouTube, man. It's on YouTube. That's what I've been watching oh, okay. it. Okay, all right. Um, and I've watched the first three episodes again. I can't remember watching the first three episodes, so maybe I didn't, but I watched the first three episodes. Super campy, very 70s, 80s BBC. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's Blake Seven, and uh, I'm familiar with the name. Couldn't tell you the first. I have thing a about T-shirt. It. You might have seen it on a T-shirt. I probably have. Yeah. Uh, the Liberator is yeah. the ship. Okay. Um, it's but it's um, uh, you know set in dystopian future somewhere. Oh, it's Earth actually, or Terran. All futures are either dystopian or utopian, God, right? There's never like a middle ground. It's never like <laughs> they are. Yeah, things are just you know status quo. Yeah. But yeah. it's you know it's a control society. So think more like. Um, more like pre, or THX, T, THX uh, 1178. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I'm not sure which came out first. I think THX came out first. So this pulled probably a lot of influence from that okay. that movie. Yeah. The George Lucas movie. Um, but it's very that like, um, uh, you know, society is drugged. So 1984, you're oh, thinking, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's everything's kept. Brave New World. Yeah, yeah, everything's kept. Like no one knows what's really going on. Who's really pulling the screens, or the, the strings. And um it's um, this particular individual, like a lot of brain wiping going on. He f- comes to find out that he's been the head of the resistance. Blake, Raj oh. Blake is his okay. name. Yeah. So Raj is his first name. Is it like Ocean's Eleven, but Blake Seven? Is it him and his no, it's crew more of like, six it, people? It's more like um, uh, Robin Hood. Oh. You know what I mean? But did the Seven refer to it's his seven, mates? Yeah, his mates. Oh, yeah. so it's his crew. So it's, okay. so it's science fiction, Ocean's okay. Eleven. Right. He's Danny Ocean or Raj Blake. <laughs> okay. And... Um, he comes to find out in the first episode that oh no, he's been brainwiped so many times, but he's actually the leader of the resistance okay. against the evil empire, right? The 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 Federation, as they're called. And, but you could see like the the way the the soldiers looked; they were all you know kitted out in like black kind of 
um, uh, riot police gear, but then had um, like gas masks as you know over their faces. So um, uh, it it was it was really good and a little creepy. Um, the music is quite stirring, which we're not going to play that here, but we'll put something up on the on the website if okay. you can check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, please do. Um, but um, like I said, Blake dropped out after the se- second season, and then Avon, who was his number two, who was his, like evil number two, and they were like Avon six just doesn't it's not right. doesn't sound. Avon was like an anti hero, like very heavy on the anti. Okay, like didn't want to be there, bit of a bastard. But then he kind of took over the you know the crew. The, yeah, but they kept the name Blake Seven. They didn't change the Avon six around. No, that's what you said. Um. But it was. It's a really uh, good, like, heavy on the science fiction. Um, you know, not like as kind of, let's say, Crash Bang Wallop or geared towards a childish... Like, because Doctor, Doctor Who, again, was geared, geared towards kids. Time From a timing perspective, was on Saturdays around oh, 6 right, o'clock. Oh, right, got it, sure. This yeah. was at, like, 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, you know, Doctor Who was also heady. I wouldn't have thought that it was like, hey, you know, kids, I know, kids will love but it. but it's a fucking kids show, man. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, 50 minute long episodes, and like I said, they're all on YouTube, as far as I can see. I haven't gone through the first season All right, yet. so four seasons, how many episodes per season? Um, 12, I want to say. Oh, well, that um, seems BBC standard, right? Yeah, uh, 52 episodes in total. So, um... Uh, just to run down the the, the 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 I'll just run down the names of the crew the or and then this was intermingled because they had people drop in and drop out some people died like people died in this show and then they would re- get replaced um so it was Roger Blake it was Care Avon and they all call themselves by their last names Villa okay. Ristal who was like the the skill thief lock picker, picker like uh Jenna Stannis Callie uh she came in the later seasons Del Tarrant um he was like the kind of uh, a pilot came in the later series there was Gan um, who was the big, bulky, burly guy. Um, you know, everyone had their place. But the cool thing was they had this ship, the Liberator, which is from... They never explained where it came from. It was from some distant galaxy or some hyper race. Okay. But they just came across this ship when they're on the way to the prison colony where they were all going to spend the rest of their days, quote-unquote. And then they, you know, they managed to get on the Liberator and liberated, the, you know, themselves. And okay. they went yeah. on to try and liberate yeah. the rest of the Federation underneath the Servalan, who was like the evil empress. Okay. Um, it was cool things like Zen was the name that was the voice of the computer who lived on the ship who basically talked to them throughout it so he was another character essentially All right. um, and then there was Aurak who came in uh, I think he came in series 2 and he was this super computer who was so super he could predict the future and then also could control all computers Okay. he could control every computer and was a, a kind of a cranky old curmudgeon computer if there's such a thing but he had a little kind of like a look like a little clear box of matches you just pop in and then he would come to life and then you just pull it out when he's being a dick because he would be a dick quite a bit like kind of cranky like oh I'm so smart and you oh shut up Orac and they just pull the plug from him for a while and then plug it back in when they felt like talking to him again or using his skills um and that's kind of it in a nutshell. Did that they makes any fucking the show sense. Like the no, there's been talk of revival many, many times because the way the show, and I'm going to spoil it here for you. Oh boy. Should I? Okay, sure. Yeah. It ended that everyone died. Quite a dark ending. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty the final. 80s. They were like, yeah, fuck this Except show. Let's for just Avon. salt the earth. You're never going to be. Except for Avon. Oh, he was the only one. You don't see him die. You just hear the blasters. Right. And it's on his face and then it just cuts. And you, see, you hear the blaster. So you don't actually see Avon dying. So there was... Terry Nation tried to get it resurrected multiple times. And uh, there was talk of possibly um, coming back to it. Coming back to like um, uh, Avon on like um, on, an, on a planet, prison planet or a planet somewhere by himself. And kind of pulling him back in like um, as Terry Nation said, like living in exile like Napoleon on Elba. 
and persuaded by a new group of rebels to re-engage. So it wouldn't have been, even though it would have stayed being Blake 7, Blake wouldn't have been in the sure. the revival. It would have been Avon because he kind of became the star of the show, really. He was very, like, like I said, anti-hero, you know? And we didn't have that many of those back like then. Like Avon Barksdale? Who's that? Oh, uh, from <laughs> Wire. Wire. Yeah, no. Avon Barksdale was a dick. He was. Um, so... Uh, it never really happened. But that's not to say it won't. Now, it did come back on radio and audiobooks. Um, but here's the problem, though. Gareth Thomas, who's Blake, is passed away. And then Paul Darrow, who was Avon's, also passed away. Okay. So they're both passed. So, but that's not yeah, saying they couldn't reimagine like the whole show. Right. I can't believe that the BBC haven't done it yet. Huh. Because it's ripe. You know, it's there. And I guarantee you all the the people um, who There have been Doctor shows Hill, with, like, sentient ships, right? And, and supercomputers, right. like, and not good ones either. Right. But, uh, but all the people who who are behind uh, re- re- the reimagination of Doctor Who, I guarantee you these guys are all. They've probably thrown fans. it. They've probably written. It's definitely up, like yeah. Stephen. Uh, um, what's the name? What's his name? Uh, I can't. All I'm thinking is Stephen Merchant, but that's not. Um, um, the showrunner, Doctor Who showrunner, uh, Mark Atlas, who redid um, uh, Sherlock Holmes as well. I know a hundred percent. They've all kind of um, uh, talked about. Uh, uh, this is, must have come up. Sure. But it hasn't happened yet. Now, it would cost some money to make now. Obviously, a lot of space fights back then. We didn't give a fuck. You know, just the same thing over and over again. And, and it, you know, just... Oh, yeah, there's another... Reusing robots, reusing scenes, yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would be interested to see if something ever happened. I'm sure if anybody out there knows that they're bringing it back, let us know. Okay, so with the just surfeit of, like, quality programming that's out right now for us to consume, is this worth someone's time to go and seek out? It depends. <laughs> it depends on if you like if you like slick, cool, um, well made, good looking shows. Yeah. Definitely not. Oh, okay. But if you like kind of clunky, put together some DIY, someone made that in their garden shed type effect shows, definitely fit find this. Okay. I will say though, the 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 science in the science fiction, they're they're in, they're up on that. Oh, all you right. Know, it's it's got some gravitas. To not it. science fantasy. It is definitely yeah, science fiction. Yeah, it's got some gravitas. Like it's okay. got some. You know, it's serious. They're in trouble. They're in danger. Right. And you get that. You know, and Servalan, who's the kind of evil, the big bad, is a fucking. She's awful. She's bad. Okay. But then there's also some kind of weird sexual chemistry between her and Avon. Sure. Kind of go, uh, her of and Blake, course. and then they switch to Avon. It's the 70s. Yeah, but not like Moonlighting where they got them together. They never got them together. Okay. They might have banged once, but you know, it was kind of like a hate bang. I think. Right. But that's Blake 7, so check it out if you want to. It's on YouTube for free. Uh, Adam, there's been a few trailers, big trailers for movies coming out next year have dropped this last week. Should we chat about that? I can think of two right off the top of my head. What, do you have a, a third there? So I, I, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 2. Yep. No, what, Wonder well, Woman 1984. 1984. And Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Um, uh, when does Wonder Woman 1984 come out? Summertime. Yes. As, 2020, I mean, that's going to be a big... As uh, does Ghostbusters Afterlife. So yeah. let's do Afterlife first. Do you want to... Should we just play the trailer first? Th- yeah, let's just roll it. All right, let's play the trailer. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value? What is that? I don't know. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate, that has no fault lines, no fracking, no loud music even, 
is shaking on a daily basis. Under the dining table now! Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s, it's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. I love that bit. Call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. Come on, darling. It has a gunner seat? So, what did you think of that uh, first look? I could not be more excited about Good. it. Good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I, look, uh, Paul Figg's Ghostbusters was fun. And yeah, it, it was, was all right. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was I, funny. I liked yeah, it. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it, it had its problems, but I think it also suffered from t- like really bad fans. You know, like. Yeah, everybody and, and, lost their fucking shit. Yeah. Like, w- what do you think? Did people lose their shit more? Find out there was four female Ghostbusters, or find out there was black stormtroopers. Like, what was it? Was it? The same dude, the same people, <laughs> yeah, the pe- same ones that are just like, "Well, you need to look like me in order for me to enjoy right. something." Um, but yeah, it wasn't. You know, it was. It had its problems. It was. You know, it was just okay. Uh, I'm really excited that, you know, that this is. Ba- it's c- kind of like back in the family, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, I was on board for, for the continue the female. Yeah, Arc. yeah, I, I would I would have been happy. I'm would have been happy for that too. But I tweeted about this when I saw it. And I think you looked at that and I said, "Well, hey, it's kids this time and some of them are girls." Yeah. No one's going to be upset about that. Well, of course that's not no, true. They're going to fucking somebody's going to be really, all over the internet yeah. about how it's just fucking kids. But in this one you do get uh, Dr. Peter Venkman back in it and um, Bill Murray. You do get uh, Dr. Ray Stance, Dan Aykroyd, and you do get Dr. Winston Zedmore. Ernie Hudson so you obviously can't get um, uh, Harold Ramis because he's not with us anymore right but um, and it's not directed by Ivan Reitman but by his son yeah so it all kind of it's very it's still in the family and Jason Reitman directed it or has has directed this film yeah it looks fucking cool and even Paul Fig said he was like you know uh, he came out on social media and was like this looks great congratulations yeah it's got a stranger things vibe very to it. stranger th- maybe this because Finn Wolfhard, Wolfhard is in, is it. in yeah. it but um, uh, yeah no I mean you know it's a but maybe a coming in, coming of age, but um, oh, like uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it too. Dana Barrett's yeah. in it as well. 
Yeah, so Gozer is going to be the bad guy, right? I did not know it. Yeah, because you saw the dogs are back, right? Yeah. Gatekeeper Keymaster thing. I didn't know Paul Rudd was in it until the ad came out. I, I didn't like, either. Oh, fucking Paul Rudd's I in this. I didn't either. Yep. Which is cool. He's always very yeah, watchable. He's, and he's a KC guy. So and he's there him. for exposition. You know, like, you know, like yeah. yeah, let's get you caught oh, up. Oh, you know what this is? Yeah. That's a fucking ghost yeah. trap. You know who What's your grandfather that? was? Yeah. Yeah, I like the way they, it's not like, um, it was weird for a second there. It was like, oh, yeah, because they're still in that world where ghosts were real for that time in New York. Not like in our time where none of that shit's real. No, but, it's all box. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it looks fun. And um, I think it'll be, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, I th- I think as excited as I was, whatever age I was when the original Ghostbusters came out. Right. I think those, the kids today that are the same age, this is kind of made with them in mind. Right. Like, you know, it's uh, captured yeah. another generation while also th- there's enough fan service for people yeah. who grew so, up with it. Yeah. So, so my daughter's 10, right? Um, and then when the first one, the first redone one with the girls came out was what, three or four years three ago? Three years ago, yeah. So she really wanted to go see it, especially because it was girls. I'm sure. like, of course, let's Great. go. Well, awesome. Let's go. Me, yep. her, Eli, we went. The three yep. of us went to see this film. And uh, the, it's scary at the start. So it starts from the scariest bit in that film. We had to leave. I had to get up. And oh, she's like, she couldn't she's handle like, it. No, so no, I was no. like, okay, Eli, you stay here. Let's just see if I can calm her outside. And then she's like, okay. We walked outside. I'm like, are you cool? She's like, it's just scary. It's very loud. I'm like, it is very loud and scary. Do you want to try and go back in? She's like, okay, let's go back in. We'll try and go back in. We walked back into the theater. Boom, another use switch. She's like, no, no. We had to fucking leave, turn around and walk back out. Yeah. So then I had to say, you stay out here, sit in that seat. I got to go get your brother. I went back in. He was like sitting there, you know, and I'm like, we have to go. She's too scared. So we turned around and left. Um, that was the second time we tried to go to see it because we went to see it the drive-through as well. Same thing happened. Oh, yeah. Film starts. We had to drive off. Yep, let's go. So yeah, I had to yeah. sit through the fucking secret life of, life of pets just to get to Ghostbusters, and then we had to leave when Ghostbusters started because she couldn't handle it. So yeah. twice now we've she's since watched it like a year on. She watched it right, um, like, at home where was she was so scared. Of yeah, that. everything was safe. So I'm interested to see if she wants to go see this one. I'm sure she will. She'll be fine. Yeah, this one looks more thrilling than than scary. I would I, I would think. I don't know who, but who knows? Um, well, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I I feel pretty positive about this one. Right. So that trailer dropped, and then another one dropped right around like the same day. Yeah. For uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. So what do we think of that? Uh, also, I, the soundtrack, man, like the, the yeah, music Monday, was just great. It was just yeah, set the tone. Yeah, it was great. Um, I, I don't know much about the movie, mm-hmm. um, w- and I'll, I'll probably keep it that way. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that Chris Pine is back. Like, what? I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about the story. I don't know the you know what, what's happening, but it's definitely you know what forty years later. No, sixty years later. Uh, yeah, I or I, like sixty five plus years because wasn't one, the original Wonder Woman was World War One, right? Not World War Two, right? And this puts us us at a disadvantage, and this is how we show our true colors. In my opinion, we are Marvel guys. We don't know enough about the DC world to really kind of yeah we get never geeky really about down. oh yeah. that's um, Max Lord or whatever the name of um, uh, the the main back or uh, Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah, uh, that dude is everywhere right now. Uh, but here's the thing: I thought it was Nathan Fillion when I first started watching that. The voice? No, the, the way he looked, because he's all shaved, he's all clean shaven, uh, and he's all kind of like got like lots of hair. Yeah. He looks like Nathan Fillion. I was like, is that Nathan Fillion? So he, I mean, a ringer, and I've watched it again. I was like, totally does look like. Wow. Him. All right. But um, uh, I don't know. We don't have to, like che- Cheetah is the is the um uh, uh Kristen Wiig character. Yeah who is a major Wonder Woman foe. 
I would never have been able to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if you said to me first, who's Wonder Woman's greatest foe? No fucking clue. No clue. The Invisible Plane? Finding it? Is that her greatest foe? Right. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I think I think that this could be good because the, oh, first, the first one, one was, terrific. was phenomenal. Yeah. Moved to tears multiple times. Yep. Just a great fucking film. Yeah. Great movie. Now, I would say I was more excited for that than this just from the, the trailer. You never know. But I did love this trailer. It looks a little bit more funny. Um the Chris Pine thing could be, who knows, fever um, dream. Well, you don't know, maybe, right. is he there, is he not there? The interesting thing about it, do you know where they're flying through the um, the the fireworks, that bit with a boat and a plane? Is that the invisible plane? Is it? Is it? I, I don't know. know. I don't know either. But I fucking hope so. The invisible I, plane is no. one of the most bizarre things yeah. in Wonder Woman lore. Yeah. I'm but the fucking, no. the lasso, how she was using it yeah, to like, it's great. to a great effect, and then riding the lightning with it, like yep. that's what that you, was she did. That, that was pretty scene. fucking cool yep. too. So there was lots of cool things about this. I hope they have oh. uh, the original music, the Wonder Woman music. They if did you like. in, the, in the first film, so it'll carry over. I hope it does because yeah. I love that. I thing. think it will too. Yeah. Um, but it looks great, and uh, same. Patty Jenkins back um, directed it and did the story too, and of course, um, or uh, and uh, Connie Nielsen's in it. So it's, it's you know it looks yep, like I the same, faith. Yeah, same I people. Think both, I think both Ghostbusters and and. Wonder Woman are going to be terrific. We do, I think. And these will pop <gasps> up again. There was another trailer that came out too. What was that it? Since last time we spoke was Black Widow. Right. Um, out of the, if I'm ranking the three uh, here, yeah. that would be three. Yep, me That'd too. Be me too. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it could still be good, but I'm, again. Oh, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be good. I think I have, again, I have faith in the, the, the people who are putting the story together. Right. But yeah, of those three, it will, if they all came out the same weekend, that would be the, the order I would go right. see them would be, Ghostbusters, Wonder Woman, Black Widow. I will flip Wonder Woman, Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah, oh, I go okay. Wonder Woman one, wow, right. then Ghostbusters, yeah. then Black Widow. Uh, I, again, it, we've talked about this before. I don't like prequels. I don't. I. I don't want the origin story. Sure. I want to move on from where we left it, not go back. And yep. because we know what happens to Black Widow, it, it's kind of it diminishes the story. Yeah, completely I, for me. And yep. I think they'll note they'll notice that in the gate receipts. I bet you Probably. this will be. One of the least well performed. Uh, see that there is where I think we might be. We're going to be shocked. I think it will. I think it will do well. It won't do Avengers numbers, but I think I think it'll have. A what strong was the showing. least? Ant Man was the least seen. Or well, if you don't probably if you don't include like um, uh, the Incredible Hulk or, or either the Hulk first two Hulk movies, right? Um, I think maybe Ant Man was the lowest. Yeah, or Ant Man the Wasp was probably maybe a little bit lower. Sure. So we'll be interested to see. But again, I'm not. I know it's going to move the story along because he he uh, he came out and said that it was going to well, move the story. Yeah, along. and then the th I think the difference between that and, and we're Ant going Man to the multiverse. Asking for a Black Widow movie, nobody was asking for an Ant Man right. film. We're going for the multiverse. This is what we're going into the phase four. Yeah. So is this an opportunity to bring her back, or I don't know, whatever they're going to do. But they'll move the story again. Though I don't like prequel shit. Yeah. It just doesn't get me yeah it's redundant that's cool um but yeah those will be interesting and they, these three will pop up in our we're gonna do a special episode in the early uh new year <gasps> oh, yeah we're gonna do like we a bumper yet, a bumper we? pack of fun episode which we did way way back in the day years and years yeah, ago we're gonna bring it back and we're gonna do that and, and it's talk, probably gonna be yeah. multi-part yeah we'll do like our take on what's coming out in 2020 and we might have an extra special or some special guests I, pop I, in yeah i think that the plan is we'll, we'll break it because it's going to be a lot it's going to be a long right. discussion so let's break it into a couple episodes or maybe a few and we'll have some people who we consider experts or not really right. experts but who's i would say the expert they've studied we, film we, yeah they've the, studied you know i mean i think I've that's been exposed you, to it a part could say of it, you're an or, expert if you yeah. if you if that's what your degree yeah. is in not necessarily people who uh see eye to eye to us on all 
like genres. Right, which is but good. It's great. Yeah, it'll bring some. So we're uh, excited. We're excited. Right. And these three films will definitely pop back up on that. For sure. And then we're going to rank them and grade them and talk about what we think. And then look like fools and or look like we're heroes. Right. Either and way. As they come out, we'll look back and be like, yeah. okay, this is what we thought. And I would yeah. still say the biggest whiff I ever had and the biggest hit at the same time that you had, Guardians of the Galaxies. I am on record on this show saying <laughs> that's going to be fucking shit. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I think this might be good. And it was fucking brilliant. And to the point where I, I wasn't going to go, well, not that I wasn't going to go see it, but you went to see it straight away and was like, dude, it's fucking deadly. Wait till you see it. It's from the start to the finish. Yep. And he was 100% correct. Yep. He nailed it on that one. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you next year. We'll, we'll see you in 2020. Yeah we'll, yeah. we'll create our scorecards. We'll match our scorecards throughout the year and see how we did and see how you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, David, I don't know about you, but lately I've been really busy, what with work and us trying to do yeah. the podcast and then the holidays is just yeah. loaded. And, you know, sometimes I just don't want to cook at home, you know, okay. um, you know, I just don't have the time and energy to go to the uh, to the grocery store. So uh, right now, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, Blue Apron <laughs> is offering a uh, a limited time discount on, on Quip toothbrushes for you to brush your teeth after ordering your Blue Apron. All you have to do is go to stamps.com and enter the code audible backslash headspace. <laughs> Like that, that should be our, our intro to Pie Corner, right? Because I feel like every podcast <laughs> right. has is either like you didn't you, mention Blue Chew. Oh, Some of yeah, them I listen to Blue Chew yeah, gets Chew, a lot uh, of heavy play. Yeah, but I, I just love how my and you know sometimes you want to fast forward it, but I love it when it's just like you know they're talking about whatever, and then and then they go into that like right. You know what I like sometimes. Yeah. You know I don't know if you yeah. ever do this, right? But I like to cook. I know. Do it's, you like to it's cook? It's as subtle as a sledgehammer. Oh in the my brain. god! Yeah. And right now. Blue Apron is offering a limited time offer. Are they? Yeah. Whoa. You know, it just Hold on. Can I get some pillows on that website too? Oh, yeah. My I pillow, need some right? Pillows. Yeah, I need to with the, the grid. Although he's the, the, yeah, whatever, my yeah. pillow guy. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have any sponsors, so we yeah. won't be doing that. So forget all of those products that we just said. Right. But someday we will do that and we will do it just the way those other fuckers do it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Come for sure. Yeah. Right. What, what, and what would it be like? Uh, hey David, you know. Sometimes I just uh, I need mufflers, you know, for my car. And uh, I don't know if you know this right now, but Jiffy Lube has a, a discount going. If you just go to jiffylube.com backslash Headspace Invaders, you can get a fifty percent discount on your muffler. Right. <laughs> just yeah, but I think they they probably want to muffle us right now. Uh, so cold brew. We need someone like roastery. <laughs> hey, roastery. Hey, you ever want to feel like you've done crack? Yes. Drink I, roastery cold yeah, brew. I yes. Just, I just want free cold brew. It makes that me one. feel like I've done crack, which is good or bad, depending right. on your state of mind. Yeah. Um, bad on my state of mind, but good because I sometimes need that energy. Okay, so we're talking about podcasts. Yeah. So you um, have a podcast. You well, want yeah. To share uh, I just started listening recently. Um, it's been backlog because we're I think like six or seven episodes in now, but it's Dolly Parton's America. Oh, um, I okay. can't remember how it originally made my radar, um, but I was like, okay, this is something, not something I would have seek, I would have sought out by myself, but I can't remember if I read something or something, but this is like months ago. Someone was like, I think you're going to like this. You should check it out. So, um, and if, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine was like, hey, the first episode is great. You should, you should, you know, listen to it. So I finally went back and was like, okay. So in, in, thank God at that time there were four episodes because the first episode was incredible. Really? It was not, and it was not what I thought that it was going to be. I thought, is it Dolly speaking? 
partially. Yeah. Okay. So it's she um, partially speaks like she's like like It's it's uh, Jad Abramrod who is one of the producers on like Radio Lab. Uh, w. It's a WINC um, uh, sponsored or, or uh, it's one of their podcasts and their podcast network. But uh, he the the premise is he. After 2016, when shit just went crazy politically and we're a very divided nation, um, you know, that's mostly what the like, radio lab was dealing with, what the, the stories and stuff they were doing. Okay. He, in Central Park in New York, he went to a Dolly Parton concert and was shocked to see how diverse the crowd was there, that right. it was uh, more diverse than he would have thought. And then he started asking people like, oh, you know why you're here? All of these uh, people from wildly different backgrounds and everybody had kind of the same story to tell that right. like, well, Dolly Parton speaks to me. You know, there's something about how she grew up or her music that just really, you know, is, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it goes right to my heart. To it my seems soul. nice. Well, that was the first thing they talked about is I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's called a Q rating. And it's, um, it's yeah. where they rate celebrities and they, yeah. you know, based on how well they're liked. Or right. um, and Dolly Parton is like number one. Like, really? Like Dolly Parton and Tom Hanks. No one can find any really? dirt on there. No one has ever said anything bad about them. No one has ever like, well, fuck that guy. He's such a jerk. Well, I can think of one person who doesn't like Tom Hanks, and that's bullshit because he's a big fan of Dolly Parton. So if you like Dolly Parton, <laughs> you're like Dolly Parton for the same reasons right. that you hate they're Tom nice. Hanks. They're so nice. They're very nice. And this, so this Q rating, right? And this is what- Philanthropic, uh, too. Very uh, into philanthropic. Like Dolly abso- Parton is abso- the, the book thing she does for kids. For kids. Millions yeah. and millions yeah, of dollars cool. in books. Um, so- and he wanted to kind of find out like why why does Dolly Parton resonate with mm-hmm. and this is a global phenomenon like around the so world so that's what this is about so, so he's just going around America kind of no not necessarily so his dad is a doctor in Tennessee where he grew up he grew up with Dolly Parton as being a per- very pervasive very big part of his life um, like all their like Dollywood's down there I've been to yep. Dollywood yep. there this year and he they talk about that they talk about um, how he grew up with Dolly and Dolly you know in the eighties became like a joke you know because he was so close to the source. But then the further you get away and you realize that there are people in Africa right now that are, you know, have like the, the worship Dolly Parton and her music and how her background and her uh, philosophies and how they do resonate and how it kind of it crosses political boundaries and how we say, you know, like, um, uh, not, we don't, I don't want to get, you know, too political on this, but like how you, it's not enough to say like, you know, I'm not racist. You kind of have to say I'm anti-racist because there is no middle ground. You either are racist or mm-hmm. you're anti-racist. There is no like acceptability right. there. And, but somehow Dolly Parton and her music and her philosophies and stuff have breached both sides of the political spectrum, both, uh, you know, race and genre. And like, it's, it's, okay, it's Dolly amazing. Parton in a, um, that's my uh, ringer there. Sorry about that. Dolly Parton in a, uh, <laughs> In a in a in a old gl- no not no um, the um, what's the Confederate like flag? A, what's the Confederate flag? Yeah, what what, what what's a, that called? Isn't it name for it? The Confederate flag. Yeah, it's the battle flag. Confederate, but the what yeah. if Dolly Parton had one of those? Like, was wearing a T-shirt. I don't know that she would. I right. said so that's the thing is I think she teetered. But, but again, I don't think she would. You have to listen to the podcast. But the podcast isn't only about that. It's really like kind of about where she's from, how she you know, but kind of. And it's not just about how she was risen to fame and how she developed this culture and then fostered it and kind of kept it going. It's de- it's a dive into like the South. It's they go to Africa, they go to uh, Lebanon, they go to all of these places and just kind of like there is a common thread that exists in that Dolly Parton has kind of created that we can kind of find multicultural. But it, it's amazing, man. The yeah. music is great. Uh, is all Dolly's music? 
No. Well, yes. Yes and no. It's it's mostly Dolly's music and like how what a prolific songwriter she was and when you know when she first started out and like how fast she wrote some of these hits that are iconic and um there's a whole episode devoted to Jolene about like what, you know, how some people interpret the song and how other people interpret mm-hmm. the song. It's it's amazing. But it also a lot of it has to do with like Appalachia, right? There, Which of course speaks to you big time. Exactly. Yeah. So it in the first episode, there's a lot of like Appalachia talk. You know, mm-hmm. like this is how we grew up, and this is the you know the environment I grew up in, and a lot of the language and the um, accents were like I was like, damn, this is like being home. So that so like Dolly Parton's America, like f- I was like subscribe. I'm going to listen to this every episode that comes out. It's yeah. terrific. Cool. Right. It's great. But that got me thinking. I was like, I wonder if there are any other like Appalachia specific podcasts that aren't like hokey. And I found one called The Old Gods of Appalachia, and that podcast is great. It's um, okay. Here, here, what you, I see what you've done here. Um, so in the past, you've been roundly um, um, beaten up about on Paul Corner, podcast. not doing podcasts on Paul Corner. Yeah, and now you're doing two. You know, two in a row, back but, to back. Yeah, but these I love are, it. They're somewhat connected. Only through he's use, back, baby. Appalachia as a theme, but the old gods of Appalachia um, is it's short. It's like an anthology horror using Appalachia as the backbone. Oh, that sounds fun. But they, oh yeah, it's great. And they're taking all of these old. Um, they, they must have collected over a significant period of time all of these old like legends and tales and like sh- like real life events that happened in Appalachia. Like yeah, yeah, m- mostly like Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, right? Uh, some Pennsylvania. And then taking those stories that like real life events and then kind of creating this uh, otherworldly, like supernatural yeah. kind of element in the background uh, is very well done. It's very well produced. Um, the it definitely like when I listen to it, it sounds like I am in the middle of my hometown listening to people around me. Cool. It's inc- it's it's incredible. It's really cool. Um, and uh, it's creepy and it's atmospheric. And so what was that second one? Old Gods of Appalachia. That sounds good. It's really check that good. One out. It's all, and it's relatively new. It's only been out a couple of weeks. I think there may be four or five episodes in, and they're short. Uh, yeah, and they're um, it's very almost poetic. Like um, when I did some research, the guy, the main guy who uh, I can't think of his name, but the guy, um, uh, we put it in the notes because he deserves all this credit in the world. Uh, who created it is also a, um, he's a, a, a like a recognized poet in that area, um, and so it's very like the story that he tells is kind of lyrical. Yeah, with that. Appalachia accent. Good stuff, man. It's really cool. So I would, I think good both ones. of those are checking out. The Dolly Parton's America, those episodes are quite long. They're almost an hour each. I love a long, um, I love a long podcast, to be honest. But the Old Gods of Appalachia are about 12 minutes, 10, right. 10 to 12 minutes. So they're very like bite size. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, so that's I, what I got. Adam's done, everyone, Adam's done some podcasts, some real fucking podcasts on oh, Pod Corner for the first time. It also made me think of something too. Listen to both those podcasts is they, they talk about how when people leave the South, that they tend to drop their accents like right. willfully. And I made me start thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of did that. Like when right. I left like Virginia, I bet because there's, they talk about how like, um, when they pull like accents and like when people have a Southern accent, there's almost this, um, people assume that there's low intelligence or, or not that smart. Of course. Um, and it's, you know, it's a bad It's the same, it's it's the same for sh- Dublin, man. It's the same thing. Yeah. And so most people, when they leave the South or when they go to academia, when they go to college, whatever, they try their best not to, to be, tone it down yeah. or not to present. I as did the same thing myself. And now I'm kind of like, you know, and I've been, I lost that accent when I was in my early twenties. And now I'm like, do I want to kind of try and bring it back? Is it, can you, you know, like, can you bring an accent back? Can you like a, cool, you like spend, a regional colloquial accent? If you were spend some time down there, I bet it would just I bet you could, flow yeah. back in. 
Yeah. It's and just hard hanging on to it again, though. Yeah. Just is, you just are who you are. So. Yeah, I don't have a choice. You just. <laughs> that's right. So. <laughs> okay, so. Either all right, way, you're all right. fucked. All right. Uh, so I have one. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing three today at Popcorn. Okay. Um, this is Wondery, and I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but I'm just going to play a trailer. Please. We are at 8763 Wonderland Drive. July 1st, 1981. We are now in the residence. Apparent blood splatterings are evident. Four people are brutally murdered in a house in the Hollywood Hills. Examining the head of victim one, I see pattern marks in the blood going across the nose to the left ear. The Wonderland Murders is a tale of a violent home invasion robbery and the revenge rampage that followed. We have victim number two lying in bed, apparent wounds to the head. It involves a drug-fueled gang of criminals. Evidence of ransacking in this room. A crazed crime kingpin. He's the guy that likes to, if you're not home, but your old lady is, and you owe a drug debt, he'll tie her down, spread eagle, put an iron on her stomach, plug it in and leave. And then it's cooked its way through your gut. And the world's most famous porn star on a downward spiral. Left turn. Doreen, we have a visitor, Mr. Johnny Wad. Well, see that you two know each other. What are you doing here, John? Well, let's just say I don't like my friends being turned into spaghetti sauce. From Wondery, the network behind Young Charlie and Dirty John, this is The Wonderland Murders by Hollywood and Crime. I'm Tracy Patton. Join me and my co-host, writer-director Larry Brand. We'll take you on a journey through one of the most violent murders in Los Angeles history with stories and details you've never heard before. Premiering on May 17th. Subscribe to The Wonderland Murders wherever you're listening to this. Or join Wondery Plus and get all the episodes on May 17th ad-free. Come with us, won't you? Everything in, everything in life is an act. Everything. So that's the Wonderland Murders. That's the trial for that. And all the episodes are out there now. There's six of them. There's a few add-on episodes like where they talk to um, some of the cops that were involved in the in the aftermath. Um, but the the main story is through six episodes. And it's really good. I mean, it's Wondery, so they're very professional. Oh, they yeah, know Wondery's what they're doing. Great. They do re- things really well. They, me- they mesh a sound with um actors with um soundtrack with music very very well and they they split it between as she said her and brad this brad guy uh, other bride director or journalist guy and um uh, they just tell the story and they go back and forth with it and it is essentially essentially it's about john holmes really sure um who was probably the most famous porn star ever but i had no idea that he got mixed up with some some shit which really you never saw the movie wonderland no, I did not see that movie. Oh, Val Kilmer? Uh, I know of it, but yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. So, and I and I never knew that John that this. But anyway, I'm not. Gonna oh no, spoil no, it. I don't think. I mean, when, I up until when that movie came out, I would not have yeah, thought of it either. But, but it's yeah. true crime, which yeah. I like. Those, it, it's all out there for you, so you don't have to wait. Which I also like finding <laughs> those podcasts where you could just right, just roll, you can right. just roll through them oh, all. Oh yeah. And then um, uh, I'd say it's grisly as fuck, though. So be careful. Sure. And there's specifically in the beginning, the first few episodes, they talk graphically about what happened at the murder scene to those people. And it's fucking horrific. Oh, wow. Like uh, Dr. Death, if you listen to that one, 
That one I had to turn off a few times because it was making me queasy. Yeah, you're get you're we were back in you're that realm into again, that? Yeah. into that realm again. Um, but it's 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 really good. It's 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 one of the better cr- true crime stories that I uh, obviously you knew about it, but I didn't have any idea about this, so I was going in blind and then was thoroughly entertained throughout. So I I recommend it. The Wonderland Murders. Wonderland Murders. Um, out now. How many episodes? You said six? There's six, six. Six full episodes, and then there's like those, sure. those oh, yeah. attached on mm-hmm. ones. They either get you to suck into another one of their podcasts, or they're just kind of wrapping up with like a Q&A with the cop who was involved. And and I oh, guess the cops, cool. they were the ones that wrote the movie. Yeah. So they went oh, on okay. to write the sure. actual movie yeah. as well when they retired from the force. Because uh, again, everyone in LA in Hollywood is trying to get into movies, sure. and this stinks of that, like <laughs> big time. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. There's a very heavy leans, real heavy into that because it is. I mean, no but it gives you a, really. it gives you a good kind of feel for Los Angeles in the '70s and after the Manson murders and all that. So, um, it's really good. Yeah, check it out. So there's three good ones I oh, think. Yeah. This this week we've got uh, Dolly Parton's Orders. America. Oh, Dolly Parton's America and Old Gods of Appalachia. All right, you're you're fucking welcome, everybody. Um, Adam, if you remember um, a couple of episodes ago, we came across a character, an actor, and it, it ran through our Miltas, seemed to run through our Miltas like sure. a thick I, vein of goodness. And um, uh, I said at the at the end, when well, we talked about this guy when he popped up, it was actually, which episode was it? It was Action Jackson. I think it might have been our last oh, one. Oh, yeah, or, last proper part. Yeah. Prior before that. Um and uh, it, w- we, I said, oh, we'll take a deep dive into him at a later date. Well, here is that you later date. Oh, you did it, um, okay. And that is for anybody who's keeping score. That's Al Leong, um, who is the. Um, if you think of an Asian American heavy slash hitman slash stuntman um, bad guy, um, you're, you're thinking, thinking of, of Al this Leong. Dude. Yeah, okay. you're thinking of him. He's got All like right. a kind of balding, long black hair, yep. Fu Manchu yep. mustache. That's Al Leong. He's probably in, in so many movies. You think, oh, that guy, yeah. Right. He's in so many movies. We're going to talk about those movies. Okay. He's been in quite a few. Um, um, and um, he's had kind of an interesting, not an interesting, I don't know super much about him, but enough, I think, to kind of make me kind of realize this this guy's probably a relatively decent dude. He's still alive today. Okay. Um, uh, born in September 30th, 1952 in St. Louis, of all oh, places. All right. Right down the road from yep. us here in Kansas City. And he, they moved to L.A. Uh, his parents owned, this sounds, it's cliche, owned a Chinese uh, laundry. Okay. They really did. All right. So uh, he moved to L.A. when they were, when he was 10, and uh, then he went to Hollywood High, and uh, uh, he... That's not a real place. Uh, it's a fucking real That's place. It's a movie. Uh, <laughs> and a TV show. Um, his, um, he collects stuffed animals. He's got over 150 of them. Oh, okay. Uh, he's had cancer fought through cancer and had a stroke in 2005 but he's still there still hanging on he was also the he's the former Beverly Hills Pro-Am Karate Champion oh. of course he is okay and um, uh, and yeah he has a list of movies so which I will talk about so there's um, I would say there's um, uh, uh, his I know a few little bits about him like his favorite fight scene that he was involved in was with, was in uh, Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee and because of stuntman oh. and somewhat of a stunt coordinator too, he basically got to 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 write that scene. And of course, being Bruce Lee's son, he was he thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. And uh, he said that was his favorite like fight scene in, in any of the films he's ever been in. And hmm. um, he didn't die in one of his films. There's the there's only one time he hasn't been killed on screen in all his films, which I'm going to list here in a minute. 
Um, and if you think about it really hard, you could probably figure it out. If you figured out the movie, um, you'd 100% know which one it was. Any guesses? Um, Big Trouble? No. Uh, he was Genghis Khan in a film. Oh. Well, okay. Right. Sure. Bill All and right. Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. That was the only one he didn't actually die in. Died. Okay. Um, so um, <laughs> he has a book, a book of his life. It's okay. called The Eight Lies of Al Kabong Leong. Um, funny. And you can buy that on Amazon for fifty nine ninety nine for the paperback Get right now. Out of so obviously town. quite a sought after book. Wow. Um, not very many copies made, but yeah, yeah and that's basically the story of his life. Sixty Pick, bucks. Told words and pictures. Wow. So uh, check that out. So, um, the fav- his favorite movie that he was ever he, he was in was is actually one you just mentioned. Big, right. Big Trouble. Big Trouble. Yeah. He liked working with John Carpenter an awful lot, sure. and he did okay. quite a bit. And um, now I'm going to list his films. Please, I can't. I can't. We'll just run down through these. All right, chronological. Yeah, chronological. Okay. Name the movie. Well, he was in it, and then we'll go on to the next one, and then we'll do Please. film and TV. Okay. All right. Twilight Zone, the movie, 1983. His role was Vietnamese. All right. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. 1983, Off the Wall, he was Mount Joy Cheerleader. Okay. 84, Protocol, he was a chef. <gasps> 85, now remember, he died in all these. 85, My Science Project, Vietnamese soldier. Again, twice a Vietnamese soldier. Uh, Big Trouble Little China. Oh, no, just, sorry, Big Trouble, uh, 1986. Uh, Chinese Labor, number two. Uh, then in, big tr- in 1986 also Big Trouble Little China he was Wing Kong Hatchet Man oh yeah do you remember yeah, he, had hatchet. he had the hatchets yep, he I had the hatchets I vividly 86 Running Scared he was a henchman 87 Lethal Weapon Endo I would say his most celebrated death would be Lethal Weapon if you don't remember what happened to him I don't when they had Mel Gibson rigs strung up and they were electrocuting him um, what was um, Gary Busey's name in that Mr. November Mr. January some fucking stupid name I remember they were electrocuting him and he was covered in water. Yeah, yeah. Well, how he broke out was he grabbed um, Al and he strangled him with his legs. Sure. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was him. That was Endo, the character Endo. Um, in 1987, he was in Steel Justice and his his character name is Longhair. Um, 88, she's having a baby, photographer. He died in that too. Oh Weird. Oh, my God. 80, uh, also in 88, Action Jackson. Yes, we've covered that yep. before. Delaplane Dela Chauffeur. In 1988, in Die Hard. He had a name in Die Hard. Uli was his name. Was it ever said on screen? Don't know. Okay. But no. you remember, he, he was kind of like, it was because he, he was eating the candy. Remember, he kind of broke in and he was like, oh, I grabbed yep. that chocolate bar and I'm going to eat that. Um, in uh, 88, in They Live, Resistance member. Uh, 89, Big, Te- Big Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Genghis Khan. Probably his biggest role, I would say. Um, 1989, Cage, Tiger Joe, Lowell. 1989, Black Rain. Um, that's kind of movies I love that are shit. We'll get to that one at some point. Uh, Yakuza Assassin. 89, Savage Beach. F.U. What's <laughs> his name in that? Uh, in 1990, Come in Peace. Luggage Salesman. 1990, Aftershock. Fighter. Death Warrant. Bruce. The Perfect Weapon. Man in Crockpit Bar. Showdown Little Tokyo. Thug. Steel Justice. Guard Number 2. Rapid Fire. Ming. Hard uh, Heart Hunted. Raven. Joshua Tree. Chinese Gunman Number 9. <laughs> number 9? Jesus. Um, last action hero Thug Hot Shirts Part 2 Pit Fighting Fan Beverly Hills Cop 3 Car Mechanic uh, The Shadow in 1984 a Tibetan Driver uh, Vanishing Sun 3 Tried Lieutenant Number 1 uh, Double Dragon Lewis Lewis that's a very random nice name for someone Lewis uh, 1994 Deadly Target Guard Escape from LA uh, 1996 A Shadow Warrior um, 1997 Tough Luck Club Cousin Ming Then The Replacement Killers as Terrence Wee Gunman Godzilla in 98 as a fisherman Lethal Weapon 4 as Wang he can't you come back when you already got killed in Lethal Weapon to come back to Lethal Weapon 4 yeah that's 
He was Wang Sing Ku, the triad member. Very, very detailed name. 88 or 98 was Limo. Uh, it was called Hack. Uh, Daddy Tell Me a Story, Al Kabong. Uh, the Ghost was Wu's Thug, number two. Scorpion King, Asian Training Master. Uh, 2005, Confessions of an Action Star, The Evil Doctor. And 2005, Forbidden Warrior, Yang Zhi. And his last film was Awesome Asian Bad Guys as himself, Al, in 2013. He was in a bunch of A-teams. He was in The Greatest American Hero, Heart to Heart, MacGyver, Riptide, Renegade, TJ Hooker, of course. Equalizer, Kung Fu Legend Continues, 24, and that 70s show. Um, that's his fucking filmography right there. Start to finish. And he died in all of them, except for Bill except and Ted's Except for adventure. Bill and Ted. So Ali Young is, is, I mean, he's a mainstay in this particular, uh, our bookend of our show, Mill Test, movies I love that are shit. And uh, we're going to use Al at some point. I think we should get him on a t-shirt. Whenever oh, we start getting oh t-shirts God, made. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. I mean, he's like the kind of, you know, he's the he's the mascot. He's yeah, the representative he of this. We should reach out to him and try and get him on the show. That would be fucking the dream. Oh, Let's get him on the show. I'm sure he's done Comic-Cons before. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. the next time he rolls through KC, we're going to try and snag him on a show. Um, do we want to talk about the KC thing? No, not yet. The KC uh, Planet Comic-Con thing. Uh, more news to come at Planet Comic-Con um, at a later date. Um, but um, some good exciting news for us but um, I would say if you look on YouTube you can fo- find uh, Al Young Death Reel it's 2 minutes and 24 seconds of fun filled shootings hatchetings knifings throwing out of windowings um, that you should check it out it's uh, 2 and minutes and 24 seconds does it have like a great like this is a montage no it should have yeah. but it's just basically death after oh, right. death after yeah. death it's great fun so check that out so what we're going to do is we're going to run right into the the bookend of our show which we've been referencing throughout this little bit segment here and that is movies I love that are shit hashtag Miltas and uh, so I that, that's that I think it's it's his face on the breast yeah hashtag Miltas below it yeah and then on the back yeah I don't know I might go with a full oh full face full on the face okay. like full across your chest like that Sigourney Weaver shirt that I have yeah like him just I think that'd be okay. cool yeah and then just on the back hashtag yeah. Miltas yeah I think so alright um, so what I'm going to do here is I am going to play the trailer for this one. Um, I'll just tell you, Adam, real quick. This movie's from 1996. And I'm going to play the trailer. And the reason is because the trailer is really fun. Um, it's different. It's an interesting trailer. What they do with this to try and advertise this movie. And it won't surprise you because the movie makers are quite uh, inventive in this particular film. So if I can find this okay. on YouTube and get ready to go. Here you go. Here's our movies I love that are shit for this episode. Here's the trailer. Welcome to the theater. For everyone's enjoyment, we'd like to remind you of the following rules. No talking. No smoking. No littering. No red meat. No freedom of religion. And remember, all marriages must be approved by the Department of Health. Failure to obey these rules will result in immediate loss of citizenship and deportation to the island of Los Angeles. Ah, escape from L.A. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Your rules are really beginning to annoy me. He read a psycho profile on a music database of five million sociopathic personalities. He hit the bottom of the curve. <laughs> Catches on quick, doesn't she? Loves a winner. Say we play a little Bangkok rules. <laughs> Nobody draws until this hits the ground. You ready? Spoiler, Snake doesn't wait for it to hit the ground. 
So, Escape from L.A. Okay, but do you love this movie? Um, or are you? Is well, this a, like a loose representation of movies that you love that are shit? No, I think it makes the list because I do love Snake Plissken. Yeah. And I do love Escape from New York. Yeah. Do I love this movie? Hmm. Does any of us really love this movie? But I love the idea of it. I love what's behind this film and who is in this film. So it makes the cut because of that. Now, I have rewatched this again. Like I say before, sometimes I do rewatch these and sometimes I don't. I just pull it from my memory. John Carpenter's on no record and saying that in years to come, you guys will all look back on this and go, oh, he did a good job there. That is a good movie. John, it's not. It's yeah, not a great movie. But it has some great fucking moments in it. Now, all right, let's just get the bones out of the way. So this is Escape from L.A. Right. Um, directed by John Carpenter and produced by Deborah Hill and Kurt Russell. Uh, written by Carpenter, Hill, and Russell as well. Yep. So they all had parts sure. of this. Yep. They tried to get this or uh, a sequel made for a long, long time. Yeah. Initially, Carpenter doesn't make sequels and it's never made a sequel. This is the first time he's ever done it. Um, he wrote um, Halloween 2, but he didn't he's direct never done it. it since. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Music, surprise, surprise, is done by John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, set in 1997. Most of the roles were John Carpenter. No, <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Escape from New York was, was, was set in 1997, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, Escape from LA is set in 2013. But Interesting did it come enough, out in 97? No. Interestingly enough, uh, this came out in 99. Oh. But Escape from New York came out in 81, 15 years prior. Okay, so he so basically moved the future 15 years down the road. Got it. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. Kurt right. Russell was 45 when he made this movie. Um, so it was had a budget of 50 million. It made 25. <laughs> that's not dollars. That's a million. Right. But it probably felt like it made $25. Yeah. Um, it's the fifth collaboration and last collaboration between Carpenter and Russell. I would love to see them um, one more time around sure. the clock. Yeah, let's do one more with those two. They've made some great. Can you name the other four movies they made together, Adam? On well, the spot. Obviously, Escape from New York. Boom. The Thing. Boom. What? Hold on. Mm, I don't. Just for the sake of time, I I can't. Elvis. Oh, when Kurt Russell was Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was John that, Carpenter. I, I didn't know that was Carpenter. And Big Trouble in Little China, Trouble. buddy. Well, yeah, we said that one already. But no, yeah. you, you didn't say. Oh no, no, no we talked about it earlier. Okay, <laughs> fine. So they're the five, um, starring Kurt Russell, Steve Buscemi in the most Steve Buscemi part ever. Sure. Weasley, sales guy. Yep. Um, Peter Fonda in a real throat. Just he, they, they, he's probably just their mate. And like, could you be in this? Sure. Um, uh, Cliff Robertson, who's chewing up the scenery as uh, modern day Trump. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Valeria Golans, who, who Galino, who I knew from Hot Shots, she was Charlie Sheen's. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, as co-star, uh, Stacy Keach, and then Stacy Keach's really dodgy ponytail, co-star. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Pam Greer is in it as a um, uh, 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 trans person. Um, uh, Bruce Campbell uh, makes a cameo oh, yeah. as the uh, Surgeon General of Beverly Hills. And you can't recognize it's him. His face is completely messed up. And Michelle Forbes, who was Ensign Rowe in, um, in the Star Trek Next Generation, who really was on the cusp, I think, of being a bigger movie star than she actually became. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of lost. She kind of got lost a little bit, which is sad because I thought she was really cool. So, And then, of course, our hero of the Miltas, Al Leong, is also in this. Of course. He and is. he dies. Um, so... I think the soundtrack, let's just walk through the, the film real quick. Okay. So basically, it's a remake of Escape from New York, sure. which is really, as you just alluded to, why John Carpenter didn't do um, uh, sequels, because he kind of did what he said, he, that's what happens to them. He fucking just made a remake of the film. Um, 
Snake's back in trouble again. Again, what is he getting up to that oh he needs God, to be bailed oh, out yeah, with massive pardons by the president? He can. He's the only guy that can go in. Yep. And he's going in. And th- so uh, there was a huge earthquake in 2000 and LA now is an island. So, But this is true to... this is a, There's a lot of a mirroring of today's society in this. So LA is now an island. So what, the, what, what happens is you lose your citizenship in the new United States. You get deported to LA Island. Uh, undesirables quote unquote go there sure. uh, the gal he, he meets who is um, uh, Galeno in this film she uh, was a Muslim in North Dakota and that's why she got deported to LA Island so right. it's stuff okay. like this yeah. Yeah, you well, know and it, there's a lot of stuff sure. as I said it mirrors today's society a little bit too much for me but the soundtrack is uh, very 90s if you if it's like very very electronic he kind of updated his his classic uh, 1981 uh, soundtrack for Escape from New York. Um, and uh, uh, the president has a life term. I mean, uh, um, Whoa. he's a life term and he deports people to uh, an, an island in LA. This is like a Trump fever dream. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, so so they, they get this thing called the black box, which is basically an EMT, an EMP uh, uh, uh control device of these uh, satellites that we have in the air you press a button you can you can stop someone's television in Des Moines yeah, or you can just off, right. knock the power off in Spain yep. so his this president's daughter fell in love with this guy uh, um, uh, Cuervo Jones who's in LA uh, she you know leaves her her father's you know control runs there with him but takes this black box with her and this is the controller for the sword of Damocles that's yeah. so they need it back, obviously, and Snake is the only guy who can go in and get it. Of course, yeah. Um, but, you know, they know Snake because he's a bad motherfucker. He doesn't want to mess with that. No, man. You're the man, man. I don't want to mess with you. I'm doing my own thing. I'm Snake. I'm out there getting, you know, uh, getting betrayed by my by my co-crime guys because they seem to leave him in his jobs all the time. Yeah. And that is ru- a running thing through uh, Escape from New York and also through Escape from LA. Um, but, uh, they uh, they trick him into doing it this time not with a little explosive capsule from Lee Van Cleef did they give him this uh, this toxic um, uh, virus and uh, he's only got nine hours so he, again we're back of to course, he's yeah. got the digital he's got, watch yep, yep. he's keeping an eye on his time so to keep the to ratchet up the suspension the only issue suspension never really gets ratcheted up in this in a New York it did completely oh, it yeah. was very very tense and yeah. uh, this one not so much he never really felt like Snake was ever really in any danger. And of course, it turns out that they just gave him the man flu. It was just basically, you know, it was bullshit. Right. Um, it was just a vehicle to get him to do what they wanted to do. But again, you think about that, though. As a man getting the man flu, I don't know how he got through the, the, these nine hours, how he kind of saved the world. He should have just lying down on the couch, you know, looking for some hot soup. Yeah, just shitting himself. Yeah. Right. So, uh, um, so uh, the um, if we can read my notes here. Uh, the uh, there was it's some, Christmas and cozy. It's not bright in here, right? There was um uh, the running joke as in 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 the first one in New York was, um I thought you were dead, and in this one I thought you'd be taller. Yeah. So again, <laughs> really made the same. Yeah. Movie. Okay. Really bad CGI in this. Sure. I mean, fucking bad. Um, and then they had some. There was one moment where he turns to Pam Greer who is, uh, originally it was called Carjack Malone, which is a, such a fucking Beautiful. name. That's such a great name. And he name. goes, well, you left me in Cleveland, Carjack. Me in Texas, Mike O'Shea. Oh, my God. That's like some shit we make up. <laughs> so I'll give you my fun facts 
for this movie, though. I have a couple of them. Uh, fun fact, Kurt Russell made all the basketball shots himself. If you remember, there's oh, yeah. a bit he where... He had to hit, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit where um, uh, they do kind of like their version of the Hunger Games, and um, uh, it's called the Shot Clock, I think is what it's called, and if you, you had you had 10, you see, like a three, or you had five chances, so 50 seconds, basically, to make uh, five baskets. And if you didn't make him, or if you missed one, you were, you were, you were shot. You sure. Know, they, 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 they killed you. So Kurt Russell continued to practice all the time on the set until he, he got these um, these shots down. And he did it himself. Like, even the full court shot yeah. for the last one, that was Kurt Russell. Yeah, how long it. did it take, though? I mean, it's not like... Oh, God knows. Yeah. I it, mean, if you keep doing it long enough... It was similar to the Sigourney Weaver did it. How much film did they waste? In the, in the Alien movie where she did the backwards one, and she did that one, too. So, yeah, I'm sure it took a long time, but he did it. So there is some cool, like, iconic, like, L.A locations obviously they have the version of the Hungarians at the LA Coliseum and it looks like shit like there's trash everywhere so pretty much the same way it would look after any Ra- Raider game so that's a sports take for all you sports fans out there and um, the best line in the movie is um you may and this is uh, um Cuervo Jones says this to Snake he goes you may have survived Cleveland's and New York Snake but this is LA and you're about to find out that this fucking city can kill anybody oh boy so, <laughs> think that it was Probably John Carpenter just kind of like exercising some demons there. Yeah. So as I said, Kurt Russell made all the basketball shots himself. Uh, the Ghost of Mars, which is the 2001 movie by Carpenter, it's really shit. Yeah. Um, a- that was originally intended to be a third Snake movie, um, called Escape from Mars, which I, but it, it surprised me it didn't get made because yeah. this movie shit itself. Yeah. Um, and then did you know that there was the original um actor for the role of Snake Plissken was offered to Jeff Bridges. And he turned it down. Yeah, I think we've talked about that when we did Escape uh, from New York. Yeah. And he went to uh, make uh, Starman yeah. instead with John Carpenter. But his mate, obviously their mates, Kurt Russell, their mates, Kurt Russell. But could you imagine Jeff Bridges in that role? No. As Snake Plissken? You can't no. now. No. I would say Snake Plissken, the, uh, again, this is not a good movie. I watched it again and I was entertained. You know, I yeah. knew it was coming. Yeah. I saw this film when it came out in the movie theater yeah, with my buddy. Yeah, Yeah. My buddy Niall O'Rourke. Uh, who lives in New York uh, is from Dublin as well what's up Niall I think he's a listener and we watched it um, it was during the day he was visiting down visiting me and uh, um, in KC and uh, we shared that there was only three of us in the movie theatre me Niall and Alexi Lalas who played <laughs> for uh, yeah. uh, the Wizards oh, uh, sporting I've, KC at yeah. the time who was that famous goatee ginger yep, yep. I don't like Alexi Lalas yeah you've told me the story before <laughs> right. yeah. and uh, you know he doesn't wear socks and uh, he doesn't like Arsenal so um, uh, but yeah I think he's a bit of an Egypt but um, yeah we, the, the three of us were the only people in the movie there we didn't say hello to Alexi no it's bad um, but yeah it's not a good movie no. but it's a Snake Plissken movie sure so that's okay, why it squeaks yep. over the it line here it absolutely does um, and I would I still think they've got one in them I think there's a third snake movie in it. In them. I mean, if they can still make a, if they can make a Rambo movie, they can make another escape. I think from it could something. be a good one though, because Kurt Russell still got so much charisma. He could be a really cool gray hair, gray long haired one eyed snake Pliskin. I think again, or you know, this is ripe to get remade to too. Have, yeah, let's reboot it. Let's have someone else in that role. Snake Pliskin is an iconic character that needs to get brought back. Let's get the petition going and let's get all the mass. Uh, masses of Headspace Invaders fans out there just bombarding, you know, Russell, Carpenter. Just start calling them now. You know, let's do it. Let's get this back on the road. Let's get Snake back. Um, So, uh, but that's my uh, movies I love that are shit for for this week. Escape from LA. Any thoughts? Is it streaming anywhere that you know of? Uh, I had to 
buy a seven <gasps> day free trial of Showtime to watch it. But I've oh, done that in the okay. past. All right, that's okay. And fair enough. I, I right. don't know how many of the yeah, I thought HBO, you were you had to buy it. Shudder, um, uh, so many different streaming services. I just use the five to ten day yep. free trial period to watch it. So I did not pay for it. I'm glad I didn't. Um, uh, I, I have Escape from New York. I love Escape from New York. It's probably top ten favorite, one of the top ten favorite movies for me. That's great. Um, but this is not, I wouldn't necessarily buy this movie. I know yeah. it's there. It's canon. It really happened. Um, and I'd love to, uh, at some point, move the story along with Snake Plissken. Um, and that's it. So that's the end of our episode, buddy. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you got yeah. anything else you want to add? No, I'm just Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah. We've got uh, we've got a couple things on the horizon. Right. Um, so if this is you're listening to this Friday, well, then Thursday you can next Thursday you can come see us at Armor Theater again where we will be presenting Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker we're um, six o'clock show could not be more excited about it yeah um, and then uh, yeah and then we're probably going to take a little bit a little bit of a break we got right. some things we're going to try and work on over the holidays between Christmas and New Year's but we will be back at it again yeah you might get a special episode at some point over the at Christmas point, period yeah. we're trying to figure that out now yeah. um, it won't be the usual form but something a bit different but um, uh, thanks as always for listening and um, and when we talk again, we'll be post Star Wars. Yeah, yeah be a brand new. It'll world. be a whole new world, buddy. <laughs> twenty twenty, here we come. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Follow us at HSpace Invaders on Twitter and Instagram, and of course Facebook page. Um, and uh, thanks, Wallace. Good luck. <laughs>